Welcome to another episode of Tools, Talents, and Techniques. I'm your host, Dustin Sutton. Today, we are hosting a remarkable guest, Mr. Lou Redman. Lou is an accomplished author, meditation teacher, life coach, and inspirational speaker. He has a very sincere and relatable approach to meditation and self-development. And with over a million listens to his meditations and more than 50,000 students enrolled in his courses, I know I'm not alone in that belief. And also as the host of the Art and Business of Meditation podcast, Lou shares insights on how to make an impact and income through meditation. And his wisdom extends to education as well, where he is the founder of One Mindful Education. Uh, It's an organization dedicated to bring meditation, yoga, and mindfulness into schools nationwide. But what I think really sets Lou apart is his humility. He doesn't claim to be an enlightened master or a guru with all the answers, but he describes himself as a friend on the journey, which really does encapsulate his genuine desire to support and guide others in their quest to become their best selves. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, but here he is, Mr. Lou Redman. Lou Redman, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Dustin. I'm excited to be here. Before we dive in, could you just take a moment to introduce yourself and say a little bit more about what you currently do? Sure. My name is Lou Redman. I'm a meditation, mindfulness teacher, life coach, creator, and sometimes I call myself a meditation artist because I see meditation as someone might see a song and I like to use what's going on internally to create something that might be helpful or resonate for someone else. So it's really in service of people connecting with themselves, moving through their own inner blockages and feeling more confident, connected and and purposeful in their lives. I should add that I originally became aware of you and what you do through a meditation app called Insight Timer. And it has been very instrumental in my, I think, in in my personal development and which leads to professional development and and the whole, the holistic self. Um, But before we go there and how you got introduced to Insight Timer could you talk about your the Lou Redman origin story, like where you grew up and how you how you got started in this world? Yeah, so I'm from New Jersey, went to college, Penn State, did a golf major, realized I didn't want to work at a golf course. I wanted to be a member at a golf course. And so there wasn't the path of being in the, the service industry. And so my way out was to to work on the business side of golf, which would brought me to Carlsbad, California, where there's a bunch of different golf companies. And that started my corporate career. And I was enjoying that for a while. And I was someone who's a work hard, party hard kind of lifestyle. I went to a big 10 school and I lived it up at a big 10 school, moved to San Diego and ended up eventually moving to Pacific Beach, San Diego and lived the party lifestyle there and was just doing my thing, going to work, partying on the weekends and doing it. And I kind of continued to go down that path. And I I come from a, a long line of alcoholics on my father's side. And throughout my whole 15 to 25 
that age round, I, I, there's definitely some tendencies that was leaning in towards that way. And so I can pause here, but I, I, I kind of, my journey started really as far as personal development in moving away from the partying and into actually looking at myself and developing myself. And we can get into kind of how that happened, but that's a little background of what got me into this work and kind of, um, yeah, where I come from. This 15 through 25, that decade that in our paths probably crossed during that time, because I was probably in Pacific <laughs> Beach in San Diego, uh, up to no good at some point. But were there signposts along the way where you thought that you needed to make a change and then you, you know, kept going? Like, tell me, tell me more about like the signals along your path. Yeah, so I wrote a book where my first section of the book highlights these, I call it self-sabotaging signals. Um, when I was 16, I drank a pint of vodka by myself and uh, got caught. And that was a whole story. So that was definitely a signal. Why would a 16-year-old feel like they need to drink a pint of vodka? Because that's I just wanted to get drunk. And it was just fun to get drunk. Um, in college, uh, actually, it wasn't even while I was in college, but I was 21. I ended up getting arrested for attempted burglary because I tried to walk into the wrong house at night, belligerent drunk. Um, there were many stories of me doing things like this, walking into dorm rooms, just sh walking into houses, just completely blacked out and doing things that I don't remember or no sane person would do. So many signs, many signals, chalk it up to, okay, it's not going to happen again. I'll figure it out. Da, 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 da. And so that was, um, yeah, many, many times that I kind of um, just couldn't handle my alcohol for whatever reason. And were, was there any anybody else in your life at this time that was saying like, hey, maybe you should do this? I mean, do, who, what was it like the atmosphere around you and the people that were around you? It's a great question. I don't think that there was people there was definitely I had friends in high school that would tell me like Lou you 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 you're an alcoholic they would just joke about it because I'd always want to drink but it was more of like a joking thing it wasn't ever hey we we should you know help you change something college I was surrounded by people who I was the funny guy and so I actually played a role in their drinking so like I was the guy who would just be ridiculous and fun like I could be a life of a party type of guy so no one wants to cut off the life of the party type of guy yeah they might do stupid things but to other people it's a net positive for them because it's fun for them so I kind of played mm -hmm. that role and then you know, after college and like I said I got my sh stuff done so it's not like I was just failing at work losing jobs so on the outside, I made sure to, to get my grades, get A's. Like I did a good job like that. I just I always had that mindset of I'm going to go do something. I'm going to do it all. And I think that's just that's just my mindset. And so, you know, eventually making the decision to stop drinking, because that's kind of the way I do things. It's just I need to be totally not doing something rather than doing it all um, is, is also kind of what led me in, in some ways to, to make having to just cut that off at, at some point in my life. Well. One of the one of the underlying concepts of this podcast and what we're doing here and tools, talents, and techniques, and it's like, what are those some in some regards talents that you have? And you alluded to you were the life of the party, and 
the alcohol is intertwined with that. You know, you're drinking, you're partying, you're you're doing that. Can you talk about identity and and how that relates into into everything that who you were and how you made those decisions? Yeah, I think there's an identity that has stayed with me that whole time that that showed up with alcohol, but it's also who I am now without alcohol and allows me sometimes to step into places that I love. Like for drinking, it was fun to to play games, to be the life of the party, to kind of be gregarious like that. And now in some ways I was performing, like there was a performance aspect to that. And so with the work I do now, not that all of it's, it's not performance, but if I'm doing a speaking, right, I'm doing public speaking, which is another piece of it. Like I love, I love that aspect because I get to tell jokes or try to weave a story and, and just kind of, you know, there's a performance aspect to it. Of course, I'm also being really authentic with it. So it's like that balance, as I'm sure anyone who gives a presentation understands what I'm saying. So there is this identity. I don't know, something that might be useful for anyone listening has been extremely useful for understanding myself is a personality tool called the Enneagram and learning my Enneagram type, which is a three, has helped put so much sense to how I showed up when I was drinking and things that I show, how I show up now and also potential roadblocks, potential blind spots, potential ways that I can get tripped up if I'm not in the most healthy of mindsets or ways of being. So that's definitely a tool I would recommend to anyone in in understanding their personality better. And we can separate and talk about separate of our personality and then maybe the self underneath the the personality but i do believe we all have unique personas and they're not bad like they can serve our greater purpose our deeper purpose if we learn what they are and be are are aware of them rather than let them kind of run our lives can you can you give an example of the the enneagram and a three or just you know what one of those flag posts would be and, and how you would approach that so enneagram is known as the achiever and the performer and is focused on getting status and success and likes to be the center of attention. So all of those mm-hmm. sounds very egoic in many ways. And we all might have elements of something like that if in some ways, but specifically the three. And so there's a book called Personality Types by Richard Riso. It's it's an intensive book. It'll really give you each type and break down the different levels of integration, like the most healthy type to disintegration. I'm trying to think of famous threes. I know Tony Robbins is um, typed as a three. I forget other ones that people might be familiar with, but there's, there's basically nine types. Number one is the perfectionist. Number two is the helper. Three, the achiever. Four is the individualist. Five is, I'm blanking, but it's very intellectual. I know that. Six, I forget. Seven is the enthusiast. The, like the my partner's a seven. So she's always wanting to get outdoors, always wanting to have experiences, sensual experiences, eat good food, have good drinks. Like So there's the enthusiast. Eights, the, I don't know what the name is, but imagine you're, you're a bully. That's what an eight is. Like just the kind of hardcore has that bully energy to it. And then a nine is the peacemaker. So really interesting stuff. We can go down the, I don't want to get too far down the weeds of it, but for those that. Well, so 
I think my, yeah. my question here, I think to elaborate on this is being aware of your your Enneagram number or your, your personality type. Uh, you're stating that once you know that these are your triggers or these are the things that you can find where you can find joy or you can where you're going to be facing obstacles or where you're going to be going uphill, you can be more aware in how you approach those things. 100 percent. Yeah. And you can also have more compassion for yourself if you don't get it right all the time or if you act in ways that maybe you feel like are out of alignment. Um, Yeah, just it gives you a sense to have more compassion and also more compassion for others and understanding that we're in some ways there are these core differences and we might see see the world differently and we um, have different wounds. And so understanding um, the wound of your type and each type is said to have a wound and seeing if it resonates. I find that and uh, the Myers-Briggs, which is probably more something that people listening might be more familiar with. All mm-hmm. of these typings have been, they're, they're helpful. And something that's a little bit more woo-woo is human design, which I've also found really helpful. Um, I love using personality typings. I love getting into one for a couple months, learning all about it, and then taking a step back. And they, all of them continue to inform different aspects of my work and my life um in in different ways so i they're they're very i I find them very helpful and i encourage everyone to at least start to to maybe just dip their toes in and see what resonates with them when did you first dip your toe in uh because okay you're partying you're 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 getting wild you get and then you're like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna stop was there a a lead up to that was there something that happened or they would tell me about how you really got into this world yeah so i don't have like a hardcore rock bottom moment. There was a moment and I was really into like the raving scene. And so doing a lot of like raving drugs and um, those types of things. And I just had a night where I wasn't sleeping and my partner, she was in the bed. She was about to, she was studying for grad school. It was like 5 a.m. I couldn't fall asleep. And I was just, there's just this like inner knowing that this isn't sustainable. And the highs that I was seeking for, like, they're not there anymore. Like, I'm, it's not even fun anymore. And so it was just this little, like, hmm, something needs to change that led me to seeking or asking a friend who had told me about this group that he had joined in LA, but there was, it was founded in San Diego. And he, the, the way he talked about it was just really inspiring. There was some, some energy there that I was curious about. And he had told me if I ever want to get introduced to this group to let me know. And so I reached out to him and said, hey, you know, what's, what's up with that group? Like, I'm, I'm interested, even though I had no idea what this group was. And then I went to my first meeting, having no clue what I was walking into. And it was a group, it was a not, it wasn't a men's group, but it was a group of men. And I'm sitting at this table And it's all these guys talking about books they're reading, talking about uh, relationships. They're just talking about like real things. And I was so insecure. I was like, wait, where am I? What, what is, what are we talking about here? It was just totally beyond anything that I've experienced in my life. And it was, it was a pivotal moment because it woke me up to what was possible. There were all these, there was an entrepreneurial group and these people were just living lives so different. And so in a way that I never thought or never was shown was possible for a 20 something year old. And it was so inspiring to me. It was a pivotal that even just that one meeting, I remember going to Mission Bay afterwards, sitting on a bench and just being like, wow, like life is like life is giving me something here and it's saying, Hey Lou, do you want to play the game? Like, do you want to actually play? 
And I didn't even know if I would be welcome back to that meeting, but I asked the founder, he let me continue to come back. I had nothing to offer these people. I was, it, I had nothing to offer, but I kept coming. And um, that was my introduction to personal development, which led me to meditation. And it was meditation that led me to this decision to quit drinking and uh, a big kind of spiritual opening and things like that. So that group was the catalyst. You know, I, th I think, like you said, personal development, it, it bleeds into everything. So it was it my work, everything's things were changing, everything was changing, because I was changing. So um, that group was a huge, huge, yeah, huge catalyst for me. And that's why I'm, I'm super passionate about uh, master masterminds and groups like this being in around the energy of people that are that are that can raise what you believe is possible is just is so powerful. Mm. When uh, so was this group? How many people? How many men were in this group? And like, what were the age range? Were these people that were your peers, or is this like a um, a group of people that were a little older than you at the time? At the time, there's people that were coming in and out, and the group had evolutions where there was more or less, and it went co-ed at one point because there was a women's part. There was a women's group too, and at one point we went co-ed everything. I would say though the range was at the time I was 24. There was some. There was a college group at San Diego State, and so they kind of trickled into the regular group. So you, you know, think 21, 22 is probably your lower age, and then all the way up to um, early 40s. I would say people in the group. But typically a little bit in like 20s, 30s range of, mm -hmm. um, of people. And then we had, you know, there was different mentors in different parts of businesses that would come in and, and, and help, um, you know, give guidance and things like this. You know, it's amazing when you think about reflection and and these moments in your life where you don't know exactly why it happened or came to your life. But as you said, you elaborated on this and then you're like, well, that led to this, which led to that which led to that. And it opens up all these doors that you yeah. didn't even know existed. And well, it's just so, it's so remarkable. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about a couple of these doors that you walk through because you go to mission Bay, you're sitting on the bed, you're thinking and, you know, led you to the next thing. When you first, did you ever have before that any experience with meditation or the spiritual side or it was all brand new to you? No, it was all brand new. And I wasn't even starting meditation with anything spiritual in mind. Like I, you know, I grew up Catholic, I went to church, that kind of whole thing. My mom goes to church every week. So like, I, but as far as me, kind of going for a spiritual experience or orientation, no, that was not me. The reason I started meditating was because I was doing anything that these guys were telling me, reading, uh, journaling, all these practices that I, I still do, I was finding so much value in. And so, okay, well, they're saying meditation is a habit of successful people. And so I use that just to, in my own practice, really to be more successful or to keep doing this growth that I've been doing. And so I say that meditation, I wasn't searching for anything spiritual. And, um, but the spiritual, it found me, it found me pretty hard. So I, and yeah. I was fortunate, I, I wasn't meditating for any extensive amount of time to have to, to like correlate well I practice very intensely and then I had this kind of opening it was just a mix of being in the right place and grace I could say I mean like I there's no way I can really explain kind of the things that transpired but I'm I'm eternally grateful grateful for how things transpired I 
I think a lot of times when, it, like you said, you went into it not without the expectations of this. You're like, I don't know. They say it works. I'm going to try it. Like, I'm going <laughs> to do it. Um, and I think there's a lot of misconceptions. Uh, I mean, just a lot of ideas or expectations people put on meditation and and that whole the whole. Uh, well, not specifically. Let's just say meditation. Is there anything that you could say from your perspective, and it can be on the spiritual side or just the physiological side of anything, but like what meditation means to you? Yeah, I just did a YouTube video called Why I Meditate. So this is fresh. And so for me, meditation is a connection and whatever you want to call, I call God, I'll use the the name that's been used for a while, but you can call it whatever you want, something that can't be really named. Um, And that's, and I believe, like, if we're connected to that energy, at least for me, everything good flows in my life, everything good unfolds in my life, the steps show themselves, the 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 the, whatever the next path is meditation is like the well i draw from to keep that connection um to really try and stay humble try and stay open to what i don't know what i don't understand what i can't understand the the mystery of our existence and so it's it's not that I meditate to relieve stress, although it can relieve stress. It's not that I meditate to subdue anxiety, although it can subdue anxiety. It's really, I, at least I do it for a, a much more, for me, more deeper and meaningful reason is that it, it keeps me connected to my source and, and allows me to orient my actions from that space and, and feeling like a, a relationship to, yeah, a, a different, something greater than myself. So that's what it continues to do for me and it's yeah i i think there's no i haven't found any more powerful practice in um experiencing the what i see as the the truth of of who i really am mm. that's beautiful when you when you think about like the message that you're sharing with, and actually, hold on, before we even go there, let's talk about Insight Timer and how, because I'm kind of skipping over things here. Uh, when you find med- you find meditation, you do those things. How? Tell me about the time from when you started getting into looking into this side of of yourself and or unveiling yourself, and how you got introduced to uh, to being a being a teacher. Yeah. So it, I I owe it to, if anyone's familiar with Carl Jung's term, synchronicity of just, if you follow your path, if you, you know, take your leaps of faith, that doors open where there weren't be doors for anyone else. And so timeline wise, 2014, June is when I joined that mastermind group that I talked to you about. Um, that January 2nd, 2015 is when I have this big opening on a hike in Joshua Tree, uh, no psychedelics, no nothing, just just through meditation. I decided to quit drinking. That opens that it's this whole wild experience. 
Um, the next few days, I have more of these experiences that leads me to just quitting my job with no two week notice, no money saved. I felt this calling like I needed to do it now. And so this was January 6, 2015. I quit my job and I go out into the unknown and am trying to figure out, you know, I feel called to some kind of higher purpose, but I have no idea what that looks like. Meditation is my rock that I'm, um, there's a lot of energy moving through me at the time. And it's, it's a really new experience. I was, again, didn't know any spiritual people. So this was all so new to me. Like I also didn't know, I was so naive and, and new. And that's all I can explain. But I, in so many ways, was held both by, by reuniting with my ex. Um, we broken up for like a couple months and I reunited and proposed to her on the day I quit my job. Whole wild story. And so <laughs> we get back together. And um, I'm just starting to just now like re it, it was a clear people talk about a death and rebirth, like, it, like January 6 2015. There was who I was before that day. And there's who I am after that day. It's a very clear thing in my like in my psyche and my body, mind, heart. And so I go out into the unknown. And it, there's a whole lot of incredible ecstasies and highs and some really challenging lows and doubts and fears. And um, there's a whole lot of things I'm doing. Um, writing a book was one of them because I needed to tell the story of what happened. That's a, a side story. Where Insight Timer comes in, just to give us a timeline, is in October of 2016. So about a year and a half after I make this leap, I had started just sharing meditation with people that I knew because this was a practice that I love. People are like, Lou, what happened to you? And and so I would just go to the park and I'd meditate and I'd just lead them through what I was doing. And then more people were asking for stuff. And then I had a friend who did video recording and he gave me, uh, he was like, hey, you should buy a lavalier mic and record stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, that sounds fun. And so I started recording practices for my friends like as morning routine things. Like I was just doing it for people that wanted it. And then I recorded one. Um, it's a meditation called Love Yourself Today. And I think I was using Insight Timer at the time just for the timer. Like I, 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 and I don't know where I found it, but it was just like, I saw that maybe you could upload meditation. I was like, oh, this is interesting. I just recorded that thing. And so I upload this track in October 2016 called Love Yourself Today. The first day it's got like 2000 something views and plays. And I'm like, what is this? What is this? I hadn't, it was such a new thing. Like I didn't know what to even do with it. Um, if I can rewind back in time, I would stop everything and just continue to create content every day for Insight Timer at that time. Anyway, I didn't miss the boat by any means, but it's funny to think back at like knowing what I know, knowing where it's unfolded to now. So that's how I found Insight Timer. It very just like, oh, this is a thing. And then I had moved back to New Jersey, actually almost the end of that month, October 2016. And I started to do meditations locally at the studio that my friend had. And it just kind of all grew from there, started recording more, started slowly putting more stuff on Insight Timer. This book that I've been working on published in 2017 and um, kind of hit a dark point after that. But we can I'll, I'll pause there to 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 hit any um, questions that might have shown up. Well, I, I just I just feel like everything that you are referring to and how the path unfolds and you don't know exactly like you had to have some kind of faith and it's not easy you know it's not it's not just like oh yeah it just unfolds and da 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 you're just gonna waltz in you have to do the work 
but it's amazing that when you your 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 mind and your heart are aligned and you're in a you're in a place of openness that some of these things will appear and you I mean, you have to walk the walk but those doors appear and i just, i just think you are a, a living testament to that i like the saying you got to meet god halfway right? mm. you're not going to do the whole thing you got to like let that feeling that fear you can't know if you know how it's going to go before you take action then you're not really i think in the zone of your unique path like there's there's actually has to be a step into an unknown um and that is going to kind of reflect back to you you have to actually take the leap to see that actually you will be caught and it's it's incredibly scary to continue to step into the unknown because we we it's safer it's safer to not it's safer to do what we we know is 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 safe and so you know, whatever that might mean for you in your life. And I say you, whoever's listening to think about what, what are those nudges to into the unknown that are, that are asking to just maybe give some space to, and to listen. And, um, our paths are unique. I do believe that. And we might kind of be inspired by other people, but we have our own journey to walk. And, uh, we learn what that is by, by following those fears often. Can can you talk about the your identification of fear and what what is if there's a spectrum of fear of like there's danger fear like hey don't do that don't touch that that's hot and what is like hey you're like why are you afraid like what is it that do you do you have a process that you work through or or some kind of barometer yeah you touched on it um, pretty well I think it's asking what's on the other side of this fear? And is it helpful? Is it potentially useful? Is it potentially expansive, right? If you're going in a dark alley at night, and you feel like a weird fear, like, like, does it do you any good to keep going down that alley? No, like, there's, there's no net benefit, just like, listen to this fear, right? Maybe it's trying to keep you safe, it's trying to protect you from something that you don't know. Now, if you're feeling fear, but there's also an excitement. There's also a potential. There's a, a you know, maybe a chance for you to grow an opportunity that you don't know yet. And you know, a, a easy example is let's say someone asks you to to do a presentation at this place, and you're oh wow, like that that's cool. But I'm really afraid, and I go through my whole thing of well, what's going to happen? And there might be this fear response. But if you were to lean into that, maybe what's on the other side of that is is seeing something that you didn't know that you were capable of or, or having a new opportunity or opening a door that you didn't know would open. So it's always asking just like, what's on the other side of this? Fear is programmed to keep us safe um, and for a good reason. And so just getting clear on, are you actually in danger giving that presentation? Right? You might be in danger doing something that, you know, that doesn't feel right and doesn't give you any sort of benefit, but yeah, so asking kind of what's on the other side and seeing it as a, I love the Joseph Campbell quote, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. So mm. fear is a uh, is a great guidepost. Like something's making you fear, but there's also, if you're excited and afraid, you're on the right path. You know, I always felt that the, not always, I, I forget exactly when I started feeling this way, but the feeling of being nervous and being excited is basically in many cases the same feeling 
it's the totally. same sensation. And then to your point of what's on the other side of this, you know, I, I think of being at the at, like going to jump in the ocean. You know, it's cold. You know, it's cold. You know, it's going to be cold. And you're like, <laughs> well, I might as well just call this excitement because I'm going to go in. So whatever label I put on it, you might, you're going to jump. Maybe I'll just jump. So yeah, yeah, that's great. Yep. Uh, so I have, I wanted to ask you how you go about your finding the topics for your, uh, for your, your, your meditations, your, um, guided meditations, because I, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that you're discovering your gifts, letting go of regret. I'm, I'm just going to go through some of them here. Trust the work, finding calm and chaos ground. And exp- I mean, these are, these are like the foundational human experience how do you choose between like what you want to talk about when you want to talk about how you want to talk about do you have a process that you that you go through yeah and uh it's a great question and i would say it's because i'm navigating something like that in my own life as often is often the answer is i am dealing with regret or something happened that caused anger and i want to like meditation it's just like a singer and a songwriter, it becomes a way that I work through this thing and make it a, make it somewhat better. I have a course that is on sleeping and it's a bunch, it's a sleep story about this fictional story. And it was my way of dealing with, I had a few months of insomnia and I just like wrote a story about it and I made it into this like meditation sleep course. And so all most, almost all of my meditations are based on, things that I'm going through or have gone through and the way that I choose them, it's, it's really a, it's, it's not a logical process I go through necessarily. It's really kind of using meditation to quiet down and just seeing like, what is, you know, if I have a class and I think having some accountability is helpful because you're, you're on the hook to do something. So like having, Mm. I used to teach weekly at a meditation studio. And so having, a couple classes a week having to create like a new meditation each week or you know different themes and people can teach meditation in many different ways you don't have to always come you know reinvent the wheel every time you're 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 doing something but i like to always have a theme that i'm working through and then the meditation becomes the way to that i can maybe offer to someone to work through that in their life right work whether it's letting go of something working with regret discovering your gifts um so i i have a uh i created a for anyone that is interested in creating meditations i created a little meditation script course because i tried to put in um what i know how to do to like create a guided thing so um it's completely free if if anyone's interested um because i yeah i i i feel like there's an art i see it as an art and to me there's endless ideas like i don't to me, there's literally endless ideas for new meditations. Um, and mm. so, and and for, for you, if something that interests you in creating, or maybe you meditate and you're like, oh, that'd be cool to like create one of these things is, is to, to look at your experience, look at your, your own practice. Um, and just really, I think, I think what is succeeded for me is just sharing what's true for me and 
can, and that connects with people and, and, and being willing to be vulnerable and share things that maybe you might not feel comfortable sharing. To me, it's not that I don't feel comfortable. So there's also like a, I'm learning that it comes a little bit more naturally to me. Maybe it's the Enneagram three. I don't know, but um, <laughs> that's definitely been something that's been helpful for me to make, to grow a connection, to connect with people like you, right. Um, through just sharing what's true for me. Yeah. And you know, that vulner, you hit on a couple notes there, the, the vulnerability, the sharing, uh, one thing that I realized this year, uh, and maybe I, I kind of knew it before, but this year it really started to ring true is that when you're talking to somebody or you're experiencing something and you, you know, Hey, how's it going? Great. How are you doing? Like, great. And you just say that there's nothing to do with that. Like there's nowhere to put that, but when you're vulnerable or you actually share the truth, then people can help you. You know, like if you say, Hey, how's it going? It's like, ah, oh, good. But you know, I'm dealing with this X, Y, Z. And, and someone's like, Oh yeah. Okay. I, I hear you. Why don't you talk to Billy? Cause he does. It's like, Oh, okay. Then you're actually opening yourself up to allowing somebody to help you. So, I mean, maybe that doesn't completely align with, with what you're saying, but it really reminds me of that. You got to be open. You got to share and you got to explore because that, that's the only way that the truth will unfold yeah you're also giving people permission to be vulnerable themselves to not think that their that their stuff is just their stuff like the common quote is like what's most personal is most universal and so by going Mm -hmm. first you give other people permission and say oh me too me too right in my own way and and i i see that and that's one of the things I, i was noticing when you're going through these topics in your guided meditations these are universal experiences and it's like, yeah, it's so it, it does ring true when it comes from that place of authenticity uh, from your, from your own experience. And I guess on top of that, I want to say thank you for everything that you're putting out there in the universe. I, I mean, it's, it, it's some, it's dynamic stuff. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, so l- let me ask you for, for you, like, is there any other thing in your sphere, anything that you feel like that you've unlocked that you're like, man, I can't believe this, like something that came out of your experience or what you're currently doing that, I mean, there's probably several things, but, but is there anything that stands out that you're like, you know what, this is the biggest thing that I got from this journey, this biggest lesson. Mm. The biggest lesson. Let me think and see what shows up. It doesn't have to be the up. biggest. It doesn't have to be the biggest, but like something that you know a surprise for you that like I didn't see this coming, and I'm very glad it did. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it just goes back to like the basics. I think I was actually saying this with my wife to be now. Um, just the other day was like we have a we have too many books we have books that are overflowing like we need another bookshelf and i go to her and i was like you can you believe that like there's so many people that just don't read like they they don't read and to to me like just starting that habit at 25 and this is not to judge people that are like i'm not one of those readers but it was so profound where it's like it's such a thing in my life and i'm not saying i read you know 52 books a, a, a year and it's not like it's just na- a natural thing where i'm always reading something or 
uh, it's it just it just is and it was just like wow i remember what it was to be like to to that being such a foreign thing so i think kind of like the foundational um something foundational like that of just continuing to to learn and be inspired by other great art right other other people's you know other people's works in some ways and you know being a letting that come through you and letting it kind of animate or inspire or make connections for your own creativity and however that shows up. And it doesn't always have to look like, you know, read a business book to get a business idea. Like you could read a great novel and it could spark something in you for, for your life. So um, it sounds basic, but like the unlock of, of just reading and you know, opening yourself up and being in the space of people that are inspiring and like there's just an energy in in that. There's there's so many people that are that that don't that are gonna pull us down and not and in a very honest ways or innocent ways. They're not doing it intentionally. It's just they don't that there is a different sort of mindset. So, you know, continuing to surround yourself with people who um, champion you, who believe in you, but also don't take away from your energy, right? Give to your energy, I think, is is something that's definitely, definitely important. And to, to break mm-hmm. out, I think that another, if I, I don't know if you're familiar with like the four awakenings from going from, it's Michael Bernard Beckwith talks about going from to me to by me, through me, and as me. And so to me is the victim mode. Life is happening to me. Like I have no power. Like my car broke down. This is God's things. This is to me. This is like, it's this victim mindset. And there's such an incredible shift. Like probably one of the bigger shifts is just going from to me to by me. Shifting into, oh, life is happening by me. I have some power. I can do things. I can create my life. I can take action on things. There's so much motivation in that. And then there's another level where not life is only happening by me, but life is happening through me, where I'm actually a vessel for something greater to come through, where I don't have to force things, which a by me might try to force, right? A through me just lets things happen through me. And then as me is more of a higher, where, where, where life's not happening through me, but like life is, I am life. I, I am life happening. So it's this kind of, really beautiful powerful state and the way that you tr- you transcend these levels is is through life is happening for me right if you can just start to shift into that that mindset um that life is actually happening for you and you can use that mindset when things don't go your way you can kind of continue to to stay in those higher levels of awareness rather than fall into being a victim and resisting life. And that's often gonna um, keep us really stuck. So I think just using that framework is helpful to ask yourself, where are you? Are you in a to me state? Are you in a by me state? Are you in a through me state? And these these could change in a day. Like you could wake up and stub your toe in the morning and just think life is against you. Or you can be in to me for five minutes and then shift and say, wait a second. So this is not to say that I'm an ex, that I'm you know, living in this as me state. It's we, we go through these. So just having this framework, I find this can be helpful to just check in and be like, okay, well, what do I want to, you know, for me, like I want life to be happening through me. And so I try to stay in that energy or or invoke that energy as much as I can.
So having the framework, having the tools, right? Like having meditation to go to, go to uh, you alluded to reading and something that, that you go to as plays a major part in your life. Are there any other things that you would say are important in your, in your toolbox that you say you go to, whether, whether uh, is it is journaling, is it being in nature? Are there any other things that you would say are, are key to your journey? So one of the bigger things is meditation and breath work are very different. And so breath work I use as a tool for really powerfully healing work. And I do, I, I've been doing, um, going on retreats with a holotropic breath work where it's a three hour session where you're heavily breathing and it can be pretty crazy. Like, some wild stuff can come up. And so I've been doing that and I do a smaller version of that at home sometimes when I need a clear. So um, deep, I mean, who's made it popular is like someone like Wim Hof. So kind of a Wim Hof breathing, if you've heard of him, um, that'll help. That'll give you a sense of what I'm talking about. But that tool, especially the, the for when you're really not the in a great man, place and there's some weird energy is so, there's nothing faster I've found. Nothing faster I've found. And then in this year, this is new for me, so I'm definitely no expert, nor am I promoting it to anyone if it's not resonating with you. But this is very new for me. And you heard me stop drinking. When I stopped drinking, I also decided to be sober. And so I've had to redefine what sober means to me. What sober means to me is alcohol. And this year, after years of study and contemplation and exploration, is my first exploration into psilocybin mushrooms and exploring that as a tool for understanding myself, seeing blind spots. And um, that's been, um, I've, I've done three intentional ceremonies in 2023. And so that's also been a tool for me this year. It's, 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 a, it's my newest tool for sure. Um, and yeah, I would say that's that. Those are those are two big ones. <laughs> had you had experience with psilocybin or mushrooms uh, back in your rave days? Yeah, no. Surprisingly, no. I was more. I was always afraid of the psychedelic. I felt. Yeah, I never did LSD. I never did mushrooms. So I never did it recreationally. For me, my raving drugs of choice was MDMA, which is another now used in, in therapeutic ways. But at the time, I didn't know what it was never getting pure MDMA. So ecstasy and um, cocaine. So I was more of a partier in that way. And uh, I was scared of the stuff. And for good reason. Like, I think the ego is scared of LSD and uh, psilocybin because it's, it fears its own death. It fears its own, it wants to have control. And there's like something where it knows that it's not going to have control or might take you on a ride. Um, but I recommend to anyone listening to, to start with breath work because breath work can give you a good toolbox to then go into a more of an intentional, I can only speak for psilocybin. So I'll just, I'll speak for that. But it, it, it's definitely helped me as, as understanding the terrain because there's some trippy there's some crazy stuff our we can connect to with just our breath and there's some crazy stuff that we can connect to with just meditation like the highest ecstasy i've ever felt was through meditation beyond any pill that i've ever taken so these are in us this isn't we don't have to look for it external but it might take some work or maybe you get sprinkled with with grace too in the meantime for uh, where 
yeah. So, um, so for all these things, first of all, you are, you know, you're a black belt <laughs> in, a, in a lot of these things. Oh, you know, I know you're just now experiencing some of these other tools as well. And, um, it sounds like what you're saying is the first place for anybody who started, who's, who's thinking about finding, I, now I'm just putting words in your mouth, but here we go. Correct me if I'm wrong. Finding the inner peace on their path. All right. I just completely threw that. <laughs> Throw those words out of your mouth. But if they're, if they're going, you, you would suggest the first step would be breath work. No, if I would say if they were considering psilocybin to do breath work first, um, I would still, I, I would give the first step to be um, meditation or breath work. See, people, hmm. people use breath work and they get into a state and i know a lot of people kind of feel like it is a meditative state it, it, for people that can't sit still breath work gives you something to do so often sometimes the people that have a really difficult time with meditation get gravitate towards breath work um but i think it's a, it's a combo and i'm a big believer in in you know my biggest transformation came through meditation so i i would I, i'm gonna recommend for sure meditation but if you're finding that mm. you're having such a tough time even sitting and practicing then doing some sort of um intensive breath work um, there's a lot of breath work i mean pranayama is a yogic is it the term for breath work and yogic and there's, so there's a lot of different breathing exercises anytime you're intentionally moving your breath you're technically doing breath work but when i talk about breath work i really mean pretty simple like deep breaths in through your mouth exhales on a circular rhythm it's also called circular breathing so um uh, i'd say to explore both meditation is often a nice more i guess gentle way in and i think also ultimately um is more powerful. That's my perspective of it. I think breathwork mm. can have um, really powerful, like almost healings. It's like really deep transformations in a session, like things that you needed to work through. It's almost like the best therapist in a session sometimes. But for me, meditation, like to unlock other things, they're, 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 I've experienced them as very different and um, they go really well together. So I would yeah. say, go, trust yourself to, for those that are listening. What are you, what are you gravitating towards? And maybe it's, you know, meditation for this year. Maybe it's breath work for next year. Maybe it's, uh, you know, plant medicines in another year. So it's like, you know, finding your own, you're all, we're all going to have our unique path. So it's like trusting your own self and, and that path. What would you say now is you're that you're working through most right now like is there is there anything that you're currently working through in your in your journey at this moment yeah so as i mentioned that i had proposed to my then ex-girlfriend in january of 2015 um i didn't have a ring crazy story i then reproposed in 2020 and then we've just kind of been living our life where we just haven't gotten married and so this july we are getting married and that has been so far a huge mirror to my own work and kind of starting to come into this role as a future father to also what's the the death of who we were right the death of i think marriage marriage is a, an initiation and uh, I think there's a powerful energy to it. I think it's a powerful archetype. I know people, you know, maybe m might not 
I think there's also I, I understand the argument for you know not needing to it, but I think there's a a powerful initiation in um, dying a uh, death of what the couple was into this birth of this new life together. So that's been mm. um, a powerful for me. That's been where my work has been is to look at how. I think I I like to think I'm an emotionally aware and communicative person because I can do it on a, a track to a bunch of strangers online. But when it comes to actually, <laughs> when it comes to like the people closest to me, um, I, I I I hate to say I'm I'm I shut down or I don't you know want to have conflict. I um I have a tough time just keeping my heart open to the people closest to me and. That has been sometimes my work, and what I'm what I'm focused on now is is continuing to stay open and really step into this next role as as husband and and future father. Yeah, what what I think is so beautiful is that you're aware of it, and you know through some other practices and, and experiences in your life of that the death, birth, evolution. It's not like a clear line; like it's a process. You know, like you, you are going to grow you're going to evolve into, into the next stage and it's work. It takes work. All, all of it takes work. And what, what's so cool about this and where you are and the experiences that now you have the toolkit to, to do it effectively. Yeah. And, and I'm fortunate, my partner, she's really, she's into all this stuff. Like we're on this path together. We've grown so much together, but we've also been walking our own, our own path. So, um, we it's it's kind of cool to share this you know she has her own um, interest too. her she has her paths a little different than mine too but like i love learn learning from her and being inspired by you know what she's into like herbalism and really kind of learning using plants as as teachers and it's not my forte by any means but it's it's really fun to to you know still to let her her gifts shine as i as i do my thing and and um, let each other kind of do our own thing while we're, you know, in this union too. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, congratulations. Thank congratulations. you. Congratulations. So before we leave, I want to, I'm going to include all of your contact information, your Instagram, your, your website, all of that information. I'm going to put that in the, in the show notes, but I just want to give you uh, a couple of minutes or anything else that you want to, you want to end on any notes of words of wisdom. I would say to anyone listening, you can make a change. Like instead of thinking you need to make this big outer change, maybe you're wanting to start something, leave something, is that you can bring yourself to whatever life you have now in a new way. Like whether that's your work, whether that's your relationship, like we so often we think and it's the constant thing that we think that if we shift what's happening externally, then that's going to make a, our internal feel okay. And it can, it has like a, a little bit, right? It'll do it for a little bit, but then we'll continue to look for the next thing. There, there's a great book, wherever you go, there you are, right? So to think about just for me, when I was at my company, like I was being, I was living my purpose. I was inspiring others just through how I was being, through the conversations I was having, through things that I was doing differently, where I was. So I always encourage people to to know that you can do that 
tomorrow that you don't have to wait to make this external change that it's as cliche as it might sound like it, it it starts like within and then you'll then whatever needs to change outside will start to change like you don't have to worry too much about that yeah yeah that's amazing well lou i want to i want to say thank you so much not just for your time today but for everything that you're putting out there in the world i mean you're a, I'm, I'm a big fan of what you're doing um please keep it up and uh i'm i'm grateful to be able to call you my my friend like because this is it's pretty cool like um congratulations you're thanks brother you're, you're doing yeah, you're doing it i love that you're doing this and and sharing you know sharing your gifts in many ways and uh it's exciting to see you thriving so keep it up brother all right thanks lou Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Tools, Talents, and Techniques. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation. And if you did find value in the episode, please consider subscribing to the podcast on your favorite platform, leaving a review, and sharing with your network. We have an amazing lineup in the coming weeks and months with some very impressive leaders and some of the heaviest hitters in business who are making a positive impact in the world. So stay tuned for more exciting episodes and special features coming up. We appreciate your ongoing support and look forward to welcoming you back next time on Tools, Talents, and Techniques.